Welcome back to another episode of City of Desert. I'm Father David Abernathy. And throughout these past months, we have been reading through the Philokalia, in particular a volume entitled Writings on the Prayer of the Heart, uh, which is a, a focused reading in particular on uh, developing a watchful heart and especially developing a constant invocation of the name of Jesus, or rather the practice of the Jesus Prayer. And we've begun with Hezekiah of Jerusalem, his text on sobriety and prayer. And uh, we're about two-thirds of the way through his text at this point, and we're picking up uh, this afternoon with paragraph 125. And what we find in the writings of so many of the fathers of the Philokalia is a kind of circling around an idea until... Uh, becomes deeply ingrained uh, within us. It may seem as though they are simply restating things at times, but it's all meant to, to lead us more deeply into the subjects that they're speaking about. And this is true as well with Hezekiah, that he's been speaking here of sobriety or attention of heart, uh, the opposition that we are to have uh, to the intrusion of distracting thoughts, as well as importance, the importance of the invocation of the name of Jesus through the recitation of the Jesus prayer. And today he will be discussing all these things as well, but uh, approaching them from many different angles. Uh, he'll begin by talking about uh, the effect of our communication with others, our being pulled into the vanities of this world. Uh, he'll also discuss the various powers of the soul and how they are affected either by our negligence or by our discipline of these powers. Uh, the importance of not allowing our conscience to become darkened, and as well as avoiding falling into a kind of despair and despondency uh, in the face of the attacks of the demons that we will undergo as we seek to form this sobriety that he speaks of. And so we'll pick up with, as I said, paragraph 125, if you're following along in the text, and that is page 304 in the volume. He begins by saying today, If with God's help we gain something daily through our sobriety, we should take care not to enter into communication with other people without discrimination, lest we suffer loss through our converse with them, and are led into temptation. Even more should we disdain all vanities for the sake of the beauty and the beneficence of this most sweet and lovable virtue, that is, sobriety. And so he uses a word here that we perhaps are a little uncomfortable with in our own day, but was very important uh, in the language of the fathers, and that is discrimination, having a discerning spirit, being able to discriminate between what is good and evil, what is helpful to the spiritual life or harmful. And uh, Hezekiah tells us today that we have to make use of this ability of discriminating 
uh, in regards to our communication with other people. It's not as though conversation in and of itself is an evil, but it can be something that detracts from the stillness of heart that we would be seeking in the spiritual life, that we can often fall into gossip or kind of laxity and negligence in our conversation with others that eventually leads us into sin or simply uh, into a state of distraction where we are not any longer focused upon God. And so he tells us it becomes very important uh, that we uh, be attentive to uh, those that we engage in relationships with uh, so that we don't fall into uh, a kind of sinfulness through this practice. And the same is true with not being drawn into the vanities of this world. There are so many things that vie for our attention, that are attractive to us, entertaining, and uh, even though if these are benign, we have to uh, learn how to discriminate the, the things that we must seek to avoid so as to maintain that stillness of heart. In paragraph 126, he goes on to say, we should give to the three powers of our soul the right direction, conforming to their nature and the intentions of their creator, God. Namely, we must move the excitable power against our outer man and against the serpent, Satan. Stand in awe and sin not, is said in Psalm 4, verse 4. This means be wroth with sin, that is, with yourselves and with the devil, so as not to sin against God. The excitable power is often called the insensitive power by the fathers. And uh, you can pick up within the word itself what Hezekiah is speaking of here. Uh, to be incensed, we are to become angry or wrathful towards anything that is sinful within our mind or our hearts or uh, in the temptations uh, of the demons that approach us. And we are to be sure that we direct that power towards these things and not towards our neighbor or towards other things that can be destructive. Uh, it is a form of aggression that we must become a comfortable, com comfortable with in the spiritual life, uh, but not misuse it. Uh, the, we are to be aggressive towards the devil and towards temptations, but not towards our neighbor. He continues by saying, the desiring power should be directed towards God and virtue. Uh, the desiring power is often called the appetitive power, uh, but it has to do with our, our desire for that which is good and holy, and most especially for God. We know ourselves as beings who experience a certain lack uh, within ourselves, that we are only made full in and through our relationship with God. And so we are to desire him above all things. And this power of desire should not be directed to that which has lesser value in our life. We have a tendency to desire material goods and to become excited about them, to long for them. And uh, through this become lax or negligent in desiring the higher gifts or desiring the kingdom above all things. And finally he says, and the thinking power must be placed over the other two as their mistress, to keep them in order with wisdom and good judgment, 
teach them, chastise them, and rule over them as a king rules over his subjects. The thinking power is often called the intellective power. It uh, makes use of our reason, our judgment. And these, Hezekiah tells us, uh, is the mistress of the other two powers, the, the uh, reasoning uh, power that guides and directs both our aggression and our desire, uh, informs what we should hate and what we should love. And if, if these two aren't guided by the, the thinking power, or the intellective power, we could be, could be lost in the spiritual life. Then the reason we have in us will govern us, he says, according to God. That is to say, when it rolls over them and in, instead of submitting to them. So when our thinking is ruled by our desire, uh, it's often going to lead us to rationalize, uh, to, to choose the things that our bodily appetites uh, desire and seek satisfaction in and give us the reasons for doing so. And so unless... Uh, it is the other way around. Unless our intellective power is guiding our desire, once again, we are going to be led astray very easily. Even, he says, if passions rise up against reason, we shall not lose command so that reason rolls over them. For the Lord's brother says, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and is able also to bridle the whole body. To tell the truth, every sin and wickedness is the work of these three powers, and every virtue and every deed of righteousness is the work of the same three powers. So the spiritual life revolves around these three faculties of the soul, and they're all being rightly ordered toward God. Uh, it's a distinction that is very important, I think, in terms of understanding uh, how the fathers look at our life and also the spiritual battle, lacking this uh, anthropology, if you will, this understanding of the human person, I think cobbles us in the way that we look at the spiritual life and also the need for asceticism, that there has to be a kind of exercise of these powers that forms them aright and so, so that they can guide us in this spiritual life. In paragraphs 127 and 128, Hezekiah shows us how we, we, like the monks, can be led astray, uh, as already mentioned, by falling into the vanities of the world, and as he will show us even by having uh, discussions about certain vanities of the world. But also uh, in the, these paragraphs, he speaks about having our conscience become darkened uh, through a certain kind of negligence. And so we pick up with uh, paragraph 127, and he writes, If a monk talks with someone about worldly things, or has an inner conversation about them, or when his mind and body are vainly lent to something sensory, or when he gives himself up to worldly vanities or bustling about, his mind becomes darkened and barren. For straightway after this, he immediately loses warmth, Contrition, daring towards God and knowledge, he forgets God and the ways of God. Therefore, inasmuch as we keep our mind attentive, we are enlightened, and inasmuch as we are inattentive, we are darkened. Uh, it's interesting, things that we are often very casual about in our day-to-day -day life, 
Hezekiah warns us about here. It's not only engaging with others in conversation about worldly things and vanities, it's also having conversations in our own minds about things or just allowing ourselves to be caught up for a period of time in these vanities can have the effect of cooling the mind and the heart and cooling our desire for the Lord that very quickly these things lead us to become inattentive and then we lose the desire uh, to pursue the spiritual practices that draw us closer to God. They don't seem as interesting or as exciting uh, to us as they once did. We can develop a kind of spiritual boredom with them. In paragraph 128, he goes on to say, He who strives daily towards peace and silence and of mind, and who seeks with diligence, will easily scorn all sensory things, lest he labor in vain. But if he deceives his conscience by some false arguments, that there is no harm in being occupied in something sensory, he will fall asleep in the bitter death of forgetfulness. To be saved from such sleep, the divine David prays, saying, Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. And the apostle says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. So, in the spiritual life, we can find our conscience becoming weakened gradually, and we can rationalize so easily uh, to allowing ourselves to linger in the things of this world. It's a hard thing to practice, uh, not allowing ourselves to be caught up in sensory things. This is how we experience the world around us. And as we've said so many times, we are in this constant state of receptivity. And so to develop a discipline where we are so watchful and attentive to what's going on around us and within our minds and our hearts, uh, this is no easy task. We are going to want to give ourselves over to these things. And there's going to be a part of us that tells us that it is no great thing to allow ourselves to participate in them in a minor way. And unfortunately, it is through these minor kinds of involvement in sensory things that we, we gradually lose that ardor. I think uh, the primary example of that would be the computer, the internet for us, and things such as, as television that uh, these, this is one of the primary ways that we uh, make use of our, our, our senses. We are constantly uh, surfing the internet or surfing the television channels, looking for something to occupy our attention. And it is always something that seems benign to us and even something that seems necessary uh, for our existence with this world. It, as though it is part of being a human being. And to cut off these uh, senses by not allowing them to experience these things can seem almost inhuman. And to have a kind of clarity about this only develops, I think, after we've developed a greater desire for God, when we've come to taste something of the sweetness of that stillness and sobriety, as we come to know the peace uh, of Christ, as we 
engaged in the constant invocation of the Jesus prayer. Uh, it takes a, a kind of faith to st stay along that path and not allow ourselves to be pulled astray uh, simply by the, the desires of our own appetites. So we've come to the point in the text where Hezekiah has made it very clear to us the importance and the value of fostering sobriety and the constant invocation of the name of Jesus. Uh, in the coming episodes, we'll be looking specifically at uh, the remedies that he suggests, how it is that we uh, engage in opposition to thoughts when they come upon us. And so we'll be looking at these in greater detail in the weeks to come. I thank you once again for joining us this week. And if you have any questions about this episode or any previous episode, please feel free to email us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, I look forward to seeing you next week, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.